On this episode of Star Wars Time Show, the dudes are getting dirty with some spoilers. That's right, they're rolling up their sleeves, they're getting down in the shit, and they're going to break down what they think of the Jedi Praxis spoilers that have been releasing on Reddit over the past few weeks, as well as being corroborated with MSW, which is the only reason why they're getting into the spoilers. Cue the music. back to a brand new special edition of the Star Wars Time Show. Why is it so special? Well, you heard the guy. We're finally going to talk some of the massive spoilers that have been coming out for Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. And, you know, you might be asking yourself, well, you guys, you're Star Wars time. You do the Star Wars Time Show. You're Star Wars bros. Why aren't you just fully immersed into all the leaks and spoilers that have been coming out for The Rise of Skywalker pretty much since the trailer dropped? Well, let me explain. Nick and I kind of have a, a, a mantra over here for spoilers, which is, in the end, yes, we're super fans, but the key word there is fans. We are fans, too. We are the type of fans that like to be surprised, amazed, wowed when you go watch a new Star Wars movie. For example... It was amazing going into TFA, not knowing that Ben was related to Han and Leia, not knowing that Han was going to go out the way he went out. TLJ, it was awesome to know that Sno- not know that Snoke was going to get snuffed out just like that. So that, those little moments we kind of live for in Star Wars Timeland. So that's why we typically don't go down the uh, leak rabbit hole, the spoiler rabbit hole, because sometimes when they're true, it can ruin those surprises for you. But on the other side, the flip side, the side that's even more dangerous and the side that ultimately led to me not liking the prequels and a lot of you not liking TLJ is sometimes when you read these leaks, these spoilers, these fan theories based on spoilers, you you create this vision of a Star Wars movie in your mind. And when that vision does not come to fruition, you're you're disappointed. I mean, it's human nature. If you build something up and it doesn't live up to your expectations – you're going to kind of have a wah-wah reaction to it. And so that's another reason we don't like to dig into these leaks, these spoilers, especially when they're on Reddit. And, and let's face it, people. Did anything massive, like massive leak out for TFA or TLJ? I don't think so. I mean, maybe I was just had my blinders on back then too, but I don't think so. So that's why when we were asked by a fan on Instagram, hey guys, what's your thoughts on the Jedi Praxis stuff? It, just, it made me feel kind of itchy because I get it. Again, we are a Star Wars-themed podcast. You would think we'd be all over this shit. I mean, in the end, leaking Star Wars stuff, talking about leaks is what makes Star Wars sites popular. But we are stupid. We've said that before. We like to work and get no recognition, so that's why we've kind of stayed away. But now we're going to get into it, right, Nick? We're, we're going to dive into the Jedi Praxis leaks up on Reddit. It's the main thing up there on Star Wars slash leaks on Reddit, and it's pretty detailed. So you're probably going, well, why now? Why now? Why? Well, because a lot of it has been corroborated with MSW, which scares me even more, especially now that I've read a summary of the film's first act, and both of us have kind of skimmed through the other post by Jedi Praxis that essentially summarizes the entire fucking plot from start to finish of The Rise of Skywalker. So we're not really going to do that for you in this spoiler cast. 
we're going to focus predominantly on the more fleshed out Act 1 posts that Jedi Praxis dropped this week. So, Nick, now that we've drank the bleach, <sighs> we've, yeah. we've, we've poured gasoline into our eyes, and we took the plunge, mostly because of peer pressure. You know, a fan poked us. And he was right to poke us, and we're too pussy to say, you know what, we're going to stick to our laurels. Yeah, I, I. so here's my thought. I echo everything that Matt said. Like, I don't like that I did this. Like, like I, we said in the last No, I, I feel like I have AIDS. I know. It feels terrible to basically, at this point, feel like I know what's going to happen in the whole movie. That being said, like, you know, if you've read the Jedi Praxis or Paxis leaks, if you've seen all this stuff, it does set up a very interesting narrative. Oh, yeah. He's Paxis. Why the fuck do I yeah. keep calling him Praxis? I don't know. Praxis is... Yeah, next time, be like, hey, idiot. It's Paxis, <laughs> not I, I, Praxis. I messed it up, too. But oh, That's all right. It's It's interesting information. It's... But it's just like, man, so like like Matt was saying, this is going to be heavy potential spoilers. If you're listening to the cast, you want to stay clean, get out now because we're going to be diving into basically oh, yeah. everything. Before in you get one. out, though, make sure to like, rate, and review. Yes. Rate, review, like, Thank you. share this Thank spoiler you. cast with somebody that you don't like so they can get spoiled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the information that's provided... Um, in the full kind of expanded Act 1 breakdown, as Paxis puts it, um, it paints a picture that makes sense. It paints a picture that's in line right. with... Um, I know. And that's what scares me, right, man? It's the fact that this shit is way too detailed to just be some crazy fan pulling shit out of his ass. Yeah. The only thing, and you know, I don't know how we want to talk about, you know, how we want to go through. If we just want to go through in, in order, but there is one thing within these leaks that I'm just not buying. Like, there's one key component to these leaks that I'm not buying, and it's that it, the entire crux of these leaks is centered around a plot point where Palpatine is essentially admitting, "I'm too old." to do anything else and I'm so weak. So I just want to pull Ray and Kylo in to run the empire for me. Yeah. In my opinion, Palpatine would never do that. Like Palpatine would never admit one. He's too weak to do something on his own. And two, even if he was in that state, he would never just say, Oh, you two people over here, you come over and you just take over for me. I've never interacted with you. I don't know who you are other than just, you know, well, he probably knows force. who they are in yeah. depthly because of his connection to the force. But I, I get what you're saying. I yeah. mean, it, it, I, I, I agree. It is a little odd. I mean, who knows? That could just be Palpatine playing his long game again until he sucks him in. And then once he feels like he does have him, then his, his true end game comes out. But I, I agree. It, it did seem a little odd. I mean, you, you would have to think that the dude's, what, in his hundreds at this point in time? Yeah. I believe that in the full kind of point, point-based spoiler breakdown that somebody figured out he's like 113 he was born in 87 bby which would have put him at like 87 oh yeah i mean so old. he's basically a million yeah the dude is like well into his hundreds so um, i mean yeah he technically could just be a wet noodle physically and you know physically it was proven through vader you do need your physical self to be to truly channel the full power of the dark side so 
I'm kind of playing devil's advocate. I'm with you. It does sound very out of character for Palpatine, but you never know. I mean, the fucker did fall down an energy shaft, so he could be wonky as hell. Yeah, and, for sure. And he's just he's just working his strongest aspect of his game, which is manipulation. So yeah, um, that's good. Good to start there. But I, I don't know. Do you just want to? Really, uh, we were talking offline, and I think the best way to approach these leaks is to go with what Jedi Pax has put out this week, and he's going to put out three more. It's essentially his summary of where he thinks there's going to be acts. So uh, he did act one this week, and then we'll get two and three. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know if you want to run down, start to finish. I guess we might as well touch on each section and just give our comments on what we think's fucking going on. I mean, I guess... That's what people want to hear, so here we go. I mean, like I said, I already, I'm already feeling itchy. I feel mm-hmm. like I drank some bleach, and I do want to stab my eyes out. But, And that's just my friends. I know I said nothing major is leaked out for the other movies. I'm still sticking with that, but this shit is just a bit too detailed for my liking in terms of I don't want this stuff to be true because I essentially will know the whole fucking movie, as Nick said. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we'll get into the opening here, which I love, Nick. I love this concept. I hope it is legit. And this is the first thing where I was like, yep, I should stab myself for reading this and spoiling it. And it's the fact that the movie's going to open with a flashback. Yeah, a pretty important flashback, too. Something that really we didn't see coming because it's a flashback of young Luke and Leia. And Luke is training Leia to become a Jedi, like training her in the ways of the Force. And during this flashback, Leia reveals to Luke that she has to stop her training because she's pregnant. She's pregnant with Kylo, with Ben Solo. Um, and then, you know, that that flashback leads into the scene that we saw in well, the Well, I mean, the flashback too. is huge. Oh, yeah. It's, it's huge. Because, I mean, it'll finally prove to the idiots that were questioning how Leia could do what she did in TLJ that, yeah, um, hello, she's a fucking Skywalker. And, by the way, she was training. Yeah. And uh, it also, I mean, it, it to me, it makes sense. It's a great start for the movie. Because in the end, the, the movie, the main focus is going to be Kylo and Rey, their journey, what happens, right? Okay? Everything else is fucking ancillary to that uh so i love this you know we're gonna start in space come down you're gonna see two characters with training helmets on fight and you're gonna be like what the fuck and then bam it's the young skywalker so it's also important because i'm pretty sure that's going to be a cgi carrie fisher which they said they were not going to use that's what i was going to say it's going to be very interesting to see how they handle the de-aging for both mark and carrie i mean carrie is again you know, she's not with us anymore, and we have been told that it's not going to be CGI representations like we saw in Rogue One. So are they going to just take footage from TFA and then de-age the footage? Like, how is this I, I don't know. Whatever them? they do, they better sign up the fucking MCU de-agers because those guys have that shit perfected. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I what, mean. what they've done with Sam Jackson, RDJ, uh, Michael Douglas, you name it. I mean... That stuff looks flawless. I mean, way better than what went down with Tarkin in Rogue One and Leia. So, I mean, if they are going to do it, which sounds like they're going to have to if we're going with a young Leia. And, and they probably, you know, technically, they probably would have had to de-age or use CGI Leia anyways if Carrie was still alive. So, I guess J.J. wasn't completely lying here. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, this is key because, like you mentioned, we know that our primary characters that we're going to be following here are Ray and kylo 
but you know the the heart of the Skywalker saga that started in 77 was always kind of focused on these two characters so it's really cool to start with them to yeah, say like, it's an hey. interesting opening too because as Nick was about to say it then transitions into the presence so that's kind of like the aha moment this is why this was the genesis of Ben Solo and look what happened with him between Luke and Leia this was the genesis of of you know Leia pulling away from learning the ways of the Jedi but it goes right into the present and what do we see Leia is training Ray. I mean, those scenes you saw in the D23 footage or of Ray in the jungle, this is essentially going to be the Resistance jungle base, and we're going to catch up with Ray in the present training with Leia. Yeah, she has no other force kind, you know, sensitive mentor to turn to at this point. She knows what's happened with Leia. She knows that Leia is force sensitive. She's a Skywalker, and she's probably also heard tales of what happened on the, uh, you know, on the ship in TLJ when she kind of force saved herself. Um, so it makes sense. And then obviously there is a connection between um, Leia and Ray. The two of them kind of showed an affinity for each other, even back in TFA. Um, so it makes sense that this is the, the, the next logical step. In I, I like what we may get in this scene where Leia is tasking her to do some mental type of force stuff, but mm. Ray can't quite handle it. So she just wants to do the physical. I mean, that's kind of a an Anakin Skywalker type of decision, right? Or yeah. or even a Luke Skywalker, like, fuck, the, the I don't want to sit here and meditate. Out. I just, I need to jump into action. Let me burn off this energy, something like that. So, oh, yeah. Which is probably going to play into some, that, that's kind of how I've been looking at this summary of Act 1. Like, how are these scenes building into, because, you know, if, if you guys watch TV or movies, hopefully you're smart enough now to figure out writers, directors, they drop stuff early on that they're going to pay off in the end or in the middle act. So the fact that Ray is struggling with the mental side of the force and keeping herself calm and controlled is probably going to rear its head before we're even done with the spoiler cast. Oh yeah. Um, and what I really like about the idea of this whole thing, this whole mental to physical training is it exactly mirrors scenes that we saw in, in ESB. Like if you go back to ESB, you know, Yoda is trying to train Luke on the mental side of the force, controlling his mind, not seeing into the future. He gets frustrated. And what does he try to do? He, he wants to do the physical stuff. You know, he, well, he quits. He's like, eh, I can't do it. I'm a pussy. I'll quit. I, I need to go save my friends. Let's go. Yeah. Like he, he wants to get out of there. So this perfectly mirrors that kind of, yeah, it's like I said, it's a very uh, dark side tendency. And you know, Ray, if she's super strong in the force, which we know she is, she's going to have that pool. Oh yeah. They all do. It's just, can you balance it at this point, right? No more. It's you're either all light, you're all dark. You got to go for balance. The Jedi do not exist as we once knew them. Yeah. All right. Um, we also get a little summary on what our buddy Supreme Leader Ren is up to. Um, and apparently he he has become aware or, is, or has been aware of this, this dark power behind Snoke. And this is going to be driving him to to figure out what the hell was Snoke tapping into, what does he know that I didn't know? So he's using the might of the First Order to kind of scour the galaxy looking for this Wayfinder device. In particular, Darth Vader's Wayfinder device, which he thinks will point him towards whatever he's looking for. So this, if you guys remember back to the trailer, I believe, this moment, this summary is essentially that scene where you see Kylo fucking pile driving motherfuckers on a planet. Yeah, the, the um, red so he, tinge. He, yeah, 
force. Exactly. He's using the full force of the First Order to hunt this shit down to figure out what type of dark power was behind Snoke. Yeah, and, you know, we've talked about the Wayfinder before, and we've also talked about the eventual character that will give the Wayfinder to him, this Oracle. So, basically, when we run into Kylo on this planet, like Matt said, he's kind of slaughtering his way through the people in the forest, and he eventually makes his way to a native of the planet, the Oracle, quote-unquote. There's, I mean, I don't know if this is the official term or if this is just what's being used as a placeholder. And the Oracle gives him the Wayfinder to that will eventually lead him to the Unknown Regions. Um, so this is kind of the first uh, piece of Kylo that we get in here. So it seems like a lot of the scenes that we saw in the most recent trailer from D23 were kind of right in the beginning of the movie. The forest scene uh, right. with, with Rey throwing the saber, the, the red-tinged forest scene. This is also in the beginning of the movie as well. So... They didn't really dive too far into the to the later acts, it seems. But well, uh, I mean, again, let's not fool ourselves. We are reading, yeah, leaks from regular people that apparently talk to people that worked on the movie. So don't take any of this as gospel. Don't take the order as gospel. But the way this stuff, as I've been saying, is laid out, I do think there are some valid uh, notes in here. I guess that's the best way to say it. Uh, Also in this paragraph, Nick, I don't know if you saw this, but I think we kind of had the feeling here too, but apparently Kylo kind of taking over the First Order and using it for his own personal mission isn't uh, sitting too well with General Hux and Pride, which is going to play into this whole First Order mole thing that we kind of knew all along may happen. That's been teased for a year or more, Uh, but it's kind of coming to fruition here. So Outside, after we're done checking in our buddy Kylo, you know, he's still angry, fucking people up, just being emo as fuck. We head to an asteroid base, and this is where the movie's going to check in with Finn and Poe. They're going to be on the Falcon. Uh, There's going to be some unfamiliar characters at this point. And they're meeting up with, again, what I just said, this First Order informant. Yes, except we're not actually going to be talking to the informant. We're going to be talking to a middleman. Exactly. As you know, as is laid out yeah. here. So. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure, and this isn't in this act summary, but it was in the longer form that Jedi Paxis did. I, I'm pretty yes. sure most people guessed who the First Order mole would be. Oh yeah, just based on how he's been treated. I mean, anyone want to take a guess out loud? Say it with us, Hux General Yay. Hux. I mean, yes. it makes complete sense, but yeah, you know, that's neither here nor there. But uh, Essentially, Nick, while they're, while they're meeting with this guy, the, the First Order figures shit out and starts attacking the base, and we get to see the Resistance's new strategy to get away. Because if you remember in TLJ, you can no longer just make a, a coordinated jump to light speed and get away. Yes. Uh, you can now be tracked. So what Paxis is calling here and, and what has been described to him is the light spring. Yeah, and and light springing is essentially they don't put any fucking coordinates into the to the Navi computer, and they just go jump, 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 and they end up somewhere. Yeah, and then they figure it out from there, which is exactly <laughs> yeah. you know, um, it, it's exactly the 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 way to get away from the first order, I guess. These uncoordinated, unplanned jumps. You may not even be next to your own you know, your own fleet by the time you're finished these light springs because you're all just jumping to get away. 
Um, oh yeah, I mean, you could end up inside a planet. I mean, it sounds a bit like a very risky, and it's probably not good for the health. But and this is what this is what the heroes have to do at this point. Yeah, exactly. And you know that is going to lead us to a point where the the resistance gets away from the first order. We know that they don't have the might to fight them head up at this point. They get away, and then our heroes kind of you know regroup, and then they plot a course, like an actual course, back to the uh, the jungle planet where they're hidden bases. That's where we have Rey and um, Leia training in their Jedi training. Um, and then that kind of ends the piece on our Resistance members check-in, our heroes check-in. Then we move on to, you know, kind of our introduction or our reintroduction to Emperor Palpatine as a character in Star oh, yeah. Wars. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. So, Vader, I mean, he, uh, fuck, Kylo mm-hmm. secures Vader's Wayfinder. That was the last summary of Kylo. And he uses it, and he travels to this place. It's in the Unknown Regions. It's described as a dead planet of flat black rock. Sounds perfect for the Unknown Regions. Um the uh, Paxis is thinking this planet is Exogol. He thought earlier, the one we were talking about, where Ky- uh, Kylo raids to get the Oracle and the Wayfinder, he thought that was Exogol. Apparently, this Exogol is in unknown regions, and this is where Kylo heads out. So, apparently, he, he lands here, and then there's some big-ass, like, cube thing right <laughs> it's like a floating cube who yeah. knows is it a is it a massive holocron who knows uh and kylo kind of walks over to it and reaches out because why wouldn't you i mean <laughs> okay uh and it actually reveals an underground base if you will and, and yeah. he's kind of met by these these aides these greeters um they're they're called sith loyalists that's what paxis is speculating here and they take him to an old man an old man that we eventually find out, or Paxis is saying that we find out, is, is Palpatine. A corporeal Palpatine. This is not a yeah, Palpatine he, he, that he's is... He's real. He's not a clone. He's old as fuck. Yeah, so um, Kylo is informed by Palpatine that he survived his fall at the end of Return of the Jedi. Um, he is not dead. He's not a clone. This isn't some sort of, you know, Mishigas that happens. Like, this is an actual, you know, view of Kyla, I mean, of Palpatine as a now over 100-year-old human being. And one that was fucking fried pretty hard from his toss from the, you know, Death Star 2. During this conversation, the important part of this interaction is that... Well, at first, Kyla's like... Go fuck yeah. yourself, yeah. you old coot. Like, you, you Looney Tune. But you know how Palpatine or Sidious is? I hate that fucking name. <laughs> you know how Palpatine is with his words, though? And it sounds like the more of the story he tells, the more he's starting a real young Ben in, like a sucker. And that's when he starts explaining, go ahead, the, this yes. new thing we've, we've, we're going to learn about. He explains the Force dyad as he, you know, explains it or as he lays it out, names it. Basically, what this is, is is a concept that the Force itself produces two extremely powerful Force users, and that it is, you know, separated. They're still powerful, but when they come together, they're basically like an unstoppable force of, you know, Force users. 
and it is Palpatine's, um, you know, mission to combine the powers of Kylo and Rey to take his place and lead the the Empire in his after right. His so death. basically, what Nick started the, the cast out with, basically going, "This is a bunch of fooey bullshit." Because I mean, it is very anti-Palpatine, but you, you just don't know. I mean, he literally could be decrepit, and this is his last-ditch effort to be like, ha finally darkness is going to rule. But as Nick said, the dyad here, it, I mean, it's almost like another prophecy. I mean, it, this is, to me, it's essentially the second coming of the Chosen One, but it's the Chosen Two. So uh, the dyad, you had the, the strong, strong, dark, strong, strong, light, or just straight strong, and when they come together, that sing- single unit will be 10 times more powerful than they are on their own. That, that's kind of his concept here. That's yeah. what he's looking for. And I mean, if we think back, this just kind of occurred to me, if we think back on the Clone Wars, and we think back on that episode where the, the, true, the true purpose of the Chosen One was revealed, where you have the son, the daughter, and, oh, the, yeah. and, and the, the father, and the father is keeping these two forces separated. So in a way you can hearken back to that and say like the father, the chosen one is there to prevent this dyad from happening. That's a very, very astute point, my friend. Again, I mean, that's why Nick makes the big bucks on the cast with, (laughs) with, with uh, theories like that. That is a good one. I mean, you know, we've heard that they're, they're wrapping everything up into this one. I mean, that stuff is Canon. I mean, I, you still wonder how much of the animated stuff do they throw into a Skywalker film, but I like what you're saying there. It, does, it definitely plays into the concept of the father, the daughter, and the son. Yeah, because there's uh, no mention. The there's no mention of the chosen one at all, at least within this, you know, this Paxis breakdown. But the right. chosen one, as revealed in Clone Wars, was not to be a part of what is now known as the dyad. It is to essentially keep the dyad separated from each other. You know, whether that be to prevent the death of one of them or to prevent this ultimate right. power from coming together, as as Palpatine has now described it. The, um, the other thing, Nick, I, and it's not in this long summary here, but in the shorter summary, I believe uh, it's explained that Palpatine essentially tells Kylo or Rey, like, listen, what happened in Return of the Jedi really fucking caught me off guard and bummed me out. He's like, I never thought... Anakin would break my hold over him. Yes. But he's like, it also taught me something that the, the idea of, of family is always going to be stronger than non-family, the, the force itself. Um, maybe that's going to play into something in another spoiler cast about Ray. Who knows? I, I really don't even know if I want to do this again after Act One. <laughs> I know. The sad, the sick thing is though, is I enjoy this shit. I love talking about this with Nick and and speculate, theorizing, is this shit right? Doesn't make sense. Do we like it? But it's just like it's itchy. Like are any of you else feeling itchy right now? Just listening to this stuff. Oh, I mean, I'm man. assuming if you're listening, you probably read it. So you're probably like, calm down, dude. It's a fucking movie. Get a life. But I don't know, man. A lot. I, so far, what are, you, what are you thinking, Nick? Like, do you like what how this could be playing out so far up to this unknown regions visit? I I, I like it, but I gotta say, man, it just it doesn't feel like Palpatine. And you're right, like you said, you know, he even mentions in the longer you know spoilers that. You know, the what happened in ROTJ fucked him up, like not only physically, but it made him realize that 
his power is not the only is not the greatest power in right. the universe. Right. Like right. he so he needed to essentially rethink his his strategy. And so does now Palpatine think that like, okay, what's happening in what the Empire is is greater than me? Has he come to that realization? And that's why he's taking this path of you know, trying to combine forces between Ray and Kylo and get them to take over? Is he is his legacy now to pass on the Empire and have darkness reign for millennia? Yeah. I mean, I guess when we get when he puts out the act two and three summaries, maybe it'll be a little more on the end. I just I and yes, we both skimmed the full one, skimmed some end and middle plot points here, plot leaks, if you will. Uh, it is Palpatine. In the end, he could still be playing a game here. I mean, this this is very Return of the Jedi, right? Where he's where he's telling the bad guy, like, "Hey, bring me the good guy, and and turn him, and then everything will be even more powerful on the bad side." I mean, that's yeah. pretty much what's getting set up here. We know JJ excels at essentially modernizing the old movies, and I'm completely okay with that. I'm not shitting on it at all. And, and really, those of you that hate TLJ, you shouldn't either because you clearly like safe Star Wars versus let's take a little bit of a risk and change things up a bit. Um, but it, you're right. I mean, the, all everything around the what we've read so far or listened to so far about Palpatine just seems off for him. But we don't know the full story. True. You, you never know the full story with Palpatine until he makes his move. Um, I guess one thing, Nick, just real quick, just to fuck around for fun, because this is what we do, and <laughs> we like pretending like the sci-fi world is real. How do we explain Palpatine surviving? I mean, is it pure just force energy, kind of cocoonedom? Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, we we know that we know the guys can fall hundreds of stories and live. Okay? Yeah, I mean, we that, saw what happened with Luke. I mean. The only difference between what happened with Luke and ESB and what happened with Palpatine and ROTJ is that we saw we followed Luke all the way down and see that he made it into some sort of you well, know, yeah they, they exit essentially shaft. used the Force to guide themselves. I mean, you really got to see, at least in TPM, what Jedi could do with their Force powers. It's weird they never went back to any of those, like yeah. the the mega running speed, like the flash speed, the fucking the they were jumping from yeah. you know a hundred feet or more. So. Yeah, he had Leia floating in the vacuum of space. So, am I going to sit here and get all you know breakout physics to explain how Palpatine could technically survive his fall? No, I mean it's a fucking movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Get I mean, get over it. I mean, is it going to be a little weird? Yeah, but it's a movie about space wizards and laser swords. Okay, it's true. Okay, it's people, this sometimes you just got to sometimes take it as this isn't real fucking life. Yeah. Now, I will say that so far, based off of what we know, the character of Matt Smith, as described in other rumors slash leaks that came out months ago, is now completely eliminated. Well, like, m- maybe. I don't know. I, I, I want to pose it to you once we get to this Ochi character, but yes, we'll, yes. we'll get there. So anyways, just kind of wrapping up the Unknown Region summary here. Uh, Palpatine, essentially, at this point, has reeled Kylo in. He tells him the plan, go get Rey. We need to make you guys essentially become this dyad, uh, a unified force of darkness. But he also tells him, like, hey, by the way, uh, I have a an, an armada of yeah. flying Death Stars. Yeah, so, not, not like Death Star-sized Death right. Stars. <laughs> Star Destroyers that are Death Stars. <laughs> yes. So uh, he's like, let's fucking do this. Um, 
And apparently, you know, Nick, we, you were just asking this on the last cast, episode 67 here. Uh, apparently, he's had or he's just going to immediately task Hux and Pride with rounding up kids to train and staff this armada. So I, I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. No. Uh, unless Hux and them knew of this unknown region's place and, and Kylo didn't, which I, I, I find that hard to believe. But as you posited in the last cast, how the fuck has this armada been staffed? I mean, where's he been getting people? Are they clones? Who knows? But according to Paxis, Hux and Pride were the ones... They essentially did what they did with the First Order, and they just went and conscripted kids and shipped them out to the unknown regions, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and like, how, I just don't understand. Like, again, like, we're talking about leaks here. None of this is confirmed, and some of it could be bullshit. But, like, I don't understand what the plan is here. Like, conscript kids, yes, send them out to the unknown regions, and then what? You have to wait 15 years before they're even capable yeah. of doing something? So like, so, like I said, you're right. I mean, like I said, it's almost like these two have been in touch with with Palpatine, or maybe it was Snoke feeding them Palpatine's commands. You know, you, you have to imagine Snoke was playing a game with Kylo. He was using Hux as a puppet, but but maybe Palpatine was telling him, like, no, let, let the regular guys in on this a bit more we need them to kind of staff shit up they're so competitive with kylo they're never going to tell kylo what the fuck's going on and by the way snoke it's all part of my plan anyways you're going to die kylo's going to kill you that's all part of the plan because i still want him to come and see me so there could be that i mean hux and pride could have known about this via snoke for decades could have could have for sure so that's an interesting way to kind of close out the Exegol, a.k.a. the Unknown Regions portion of the Act 1 spoilers. Um, a lot to intake there, a lot of questions to ask there, obviously, but we're not going to—I don't want to linger on it too long because, like Matt said, if we do end up doing, you know, spoiler cast 2 and or leak cast 2 and leak cast 3, we'll get a little bit deeper into the character of Palpatine and what's happening, you know, with him specifically— um, but the next piece for Act One that we're going to move into is just the Resistance getting back to, excuse me, to their jungle base. So we said, you know, after they do their light springing, they set the course back to right. So they they now the know what Kylo's up to. They know he's got this wayfinder. They know he's trying to find this unknown region. So clearly, they're hitting the panic button. Yes. You know, they're back with everybody, right? Because we we already know Ray has been on the jungle base with Leia. So this, when Finn and Poe get back, this this brings the band together. Yes, and then as with you know, as we know, the resistance is in kind of dire straits, and they don't really have any way to combat what's happening here with Kylo. So this is when you know on the jungle bases where Leia says like, "Well, I may have somebody who can help us out." And we need to go to this planet named Pasana. And which is going to make, <laughs> make sense once we get in the next spot, as well as stuff we've heard and, and discussed before. Because yes. remember, Pasana is essentially the, the, the furthest planet on the edge of the known galaxy before the unknown begins. And as, as Nick explained here, Leia's like, yo, I know someone that was trying to find a link to the unknown region. So apparently the unknown regions are something people know a lot about. Yeah. They just don't know how to fucking get there. And it's almost like a, it sounds like people have been looking for this for a long time as it is. It's like a, like the treasure galaxy or something. Yeah. I mean, um, they seem like 
you know, people seem to think that there's something out there at least. Right. It's not just you know. dark side people is what I'm saying. Yes, exactly. So we get to Pasana. Pasana is the, the planet that we've seen. That's kind of right. dusty desert. It, it was in the vanity fair magazine. Yes. It was in the, I mean, that's the planet more than likely that Ray is on in the, in the first teaser, that awesome shot. Yeah. And this is where I'm, I believe this is the planet where we are going to run into Jana. And then we also run into Leia's contact, who is none other than Mr. Lando Calrissian, former right. proprietor of Bespin. Okay, so here's where things start to get very nuanced. So they get to Pasana, huge festival, where they're trying to hide, laying low, but you can't. You got fucking Chewie with you, you know? Yeah. And um, apparently an alien gives Ray a necklace. Yeah. Okay, but that that's gonna play into things later on. So just sit on that. It's like I said, a lot of times writers will give you little things that may seem ominous, but they're done because they're gonna be paid off later on. Uh, Anyways, you know, one Kylo essentially once she gets this necklace, he's able to initiate a force connection. Yes, it it was basically like a I don't want to call it like a you know, a Wi-Fi connector, <laughs> but it was, it was like a force attuned device that allows, or you know what? Maybe it's not even a necklace. Dude. The more I'm reading this, um, it, oh, it's probably the fact that I guess when this alien gives her the necklace, she's like, Oh, I'm Ray, but I don't know my last name. I don't know my family. It's almost like once she gets into that headspace, maybe she was sending out essentially flares to the force. Not like, Hey Kylo, come yeah. get me, but it allowed him to like, fuck, I finally found her again. Cause you gotta remember, she severed the connection at the end of TLJ, and it has not been open until this point. So I, I'm going with the necklace and, and the, the pain of the memory that she still doesn't really know where she came from is what allows Kyle to be like, aha, there, there she is, bam. Yeah, because it says, like, I'll read a piece from the, from the, you know, the, the leaks. It says, um, you know, she's talking to this alien. And she doesn't, she says that she doesn't have a last name. At this time, Kylo establishes a connection with Ray through their bond. Their conversation ends, as in Ray and the aliens, conversation ends with Kylo grabbing the necklace from around Ray's neck. And then it says the necklace proves to be the key to the First Order discovering their location. Well, um, I, again, I'm guessing what they see it and they're like, yeah, that's a fucking Pasana monkey, donkey, donkey. So dude. if he. Do you think like he grabs it and he's able to like take it through the bond? Like, does he take this necklace off of her neck, or does he just like grab it, see it, and then is like, "This is Pasana." That's what I'm going with because even Master Luke, in full-on projection form, couldn't interact touch another him. being. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I know that there's. A lot of you know questions. Still well, I guess up in he kind of he kind of kisses Leia, doesn't he? He does. He kisses her on the forehead. But I don't. And then also he gives her the dice. But they, I think they disappear. Yeah, the dice do. Yeah, they disappear. That's true. I, I I'm it's going weird. with it's if weird. anything, it's the fact maybe he can sense where she's at through the connection, or like I said, maybe it's just it's a the necklace is so tribal that. They know it's a Pasana necklace. Yeah, it's, it's got. There has it's, to be something immediately identifiable about Pasana on there. So, so right there, Ray's like shit. They now know where we're at, and so this is where things start to get um, little, 
uh, scratchy for the heroes. You know, the the pressure gets turned up. They're thrown into the uh, the, the cooker here, and this is where Lando reveals himself. So he is the contact. He sees what he sees. Chewie clearly. All right. Yep. They know each other, and apparently Lando tells him a story of a dagger. That's going to help them find what they're looking for, which is, again, leads on Unknown Region. And, and Lando explains, of, of all people, him and Luke were in search of this dagger that was owned by a Sith loyalist named Ochi. Yeah, O-C-H-I-E. And maybe that is that the, the Matt character? Who knows? But either Could way, be. they tracked Ochi to Pasana. Trail went cold. And Lando's like, okay, well, or they're like, Lando, why'd you never leave? And he's just like... You know, I had a young child at the time, and the child was taken by the First Order. Is that setting up the Finn-Lando connection? Could be, could be, for sure. Uh, so what, what do we think's going on with this Ochi and the dagger, and why the hell were, I mean, do you think Lando and Luke were looking for the dagger for the same reason to get leads to the Unknown Regions for some point? Yeah, I mean, it if seems If this is like- true, I mean... It seems like everybody was kind of scrambling for these unknown regions artifacts. And it's very unclear here. You know, we know that the Wayfinder was Vader's. But with the Sith dagger, it doesn't seem to be linked to any particular Force user or, or ancient Sith that, that at least in, from these leaks. But he has, it has to have something to do with, with the unknown regions and being able to kind of lead them there. So, you know... Why did Lando never leave? He was just basically like, you know, he failed to protect his kid. And, right. It's know, almost like he was just bummed out. and He kind of blooped it. He was like, I, I was going to say, I mean, he essentially actoed himself. <laughs> yeah, except the difference is like he lived amongst beings, people, and Luke kind right. of sequestered himself alone. I mean, so, so in the end, people, all your heroes from the original trilogy that you thought were going to come back in this one and be, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Commando, every one of them essentially pushed out because of their failings. Yeah. Han quit trying to help the resistance because uh, he fucked things up with Leia and Ben. He goes back to being a smuggler. Lando self-exiles himself in Pasana because he lost his kid while looking for this dagger to the First Order. Luke loses control of his nephew he self-exiles so here we go people yeah all our heroes, heroes from the original trilogy were basically a bunch of pussies as they got older so from there we are now kind of the interesting thing though nick is that lando's like yep check these coordinates out might be a shit but i'm sitting this one out i yeah. don't think i think he's going to come back into into the picture but it doesn't sound like he's going to be on the adventure with them on Pasana, at least. Yeah, I mean, we know Billy D is an older fella, and we didn't really expect him to to get in the mix, like to fight or anything like that, or to really do any sort of stressful work here in the movie. So this is the perfect role for him. It's like being the in between person, providing information, being a point of contact for for the resistance on in a on a planet that has something that's important to them. And then, like you said, he kind of points them in the direction like hey you know luke and i were looking for this dagger we gave up but here pick up the trail head out this way essentially telling him this is where we left off and then when our heroes start following the trail that lando gives them they run into what is said to be ochi's ship and what's important about ochi's ship is that it immediately triggers 
a memory from Ray, and it is that this ship is the ship looks very much like the ship that dropped me off on Jakku. Yeah, it's it's identical. Um, but before all that shit can sink into her lovely little head, the ground gives out. They sink. They're in a cave. But where they find the cave, they found what Lando and Luke could not. They find the remains of Ochi and the dagger everyone is looking for. And again, when Ray sees this thing, she has a very strong connection to it. Yeah. And almost if we like want it, like, you know, Nick and I read the summary. Essentially, people are speculating, or it's been leaked, that this dagger is what was used to kill Ray's parents. Yes, yes. This is something that comes up later in Who's, the Who I believe they kind of were dabbling in some dark shit, anyways, right? Yeah. Remember? Yeah, yeah, they didn't really go into, even in the leaks, they didn't go deep into to her parents. There's something else that's in there that we'll get to if we do continue to do these leaks. But yeah, yeah. that... that but e- e- yeah. Either way, she sees it, strong reaction, but it's got Sith language on it. In and a language he, that C-3PO, yeah, C-3PO can't, even, PO can't even handle it. So this, this is where, this is why you're going to get red-eye C-3PO. I mean, essentially... From what I've heard, they're 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 basically going to have to wipe his mind, and C three PO is going to essentially be killed that way. He's gonna, his mind's going to be wiped. He's going to be rebooted to core programming so he can read the Sis stuff. Because apparently, someone put a block in him to where he couldn't uh, decipher whatever was on it. Yeah, there. I mean, there's a restriction within his programming that literally does not allow him to read it. And I mean, if you think about it, I mean, here's you know here's an interesting little deep I mean, talk about a deep cut this is a deep motherfucking cut there was lost time with c3po and esb he got blown to pieces in that in esb by a stormtrooper so and then his remains were not found until chewy happened to cross them when the ugnots were throwing his stuff around the only people who had access to his systems in that time were Imperials, and specifically yeah. Darth Vader. Vader was huh. on that station. We know that. Like, could that have been when these restrictions were put in? Because it doesn't make sense in any other timeline that we see 3PO for somebody to go in and say, like, you specifically cannot read this Sith language. Like, right, right. You would have to think it was someone that knew about the Sith language and the fact that if the good guys could interpret it, it would be bad. Yeah, and I mean, that's fate. Uh, and and the, when you have a protocol droid that specializes in, what, six million forms of communication, you don't quite want him to be able to communicate in the Sith language. So, anyways, th- this revelation is what kind of leads Poe to say, hey, I know this person, Zori, we used to bang. She can probably hack his ass. But that's before they run into a bit of uh, trouble here. Uh, as they're trying to escape the caves, it sounds like they're going to get in a battle with a huge-ass sandworm, which should look pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but Ray essentially heals it, but she's going to heal it with a new force power. I mean, essentially, it, it sounds to me like it's almost going to be force Wolverine. You know, you're healed, you're, you're hurt, use a force, it's just going to fix itself. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like, I mean, if you've ever played any of the video games, all of the light side force, you know, options that you can play have like a healing ability whether it's force heal or even 
if you played like the MMO, they had dark heal for dark side force users. So, I mean, like they're basically going to reveal like with enough power in the force, you can heal either yourself or you can heal other beings. Here, here you go back to your Palpatine thing. And it is, it's, it's, we've said it, but one of the commenters makes a point, the point we were making, he just says it better. Cause he's probably not stupid. Uh, actually it's probably a girl. So that's probably why it's more coherent than what we just tried to say. But just hear me out, people. Palpatine's real power is manipulating people, which we said. Him lying in bed like he's about to die reminds me of when he pretended to be all weak and helpless during the fight with Mace and Anakin. There you go. So, like I said, he's probably pretending to be this feeble piece of shit. Yeah. So Kylo will kind of almost feel unthreatened by him. And then he's going to spring his trap once he gets what he wants. But anyways, back to our our summary here. So yeah, as Nick was saying, we're going to see at least in live action, the, the Jedi force heal or just a force heal. Right. Yeah. Uh, but once they get out Nick, so the, the worm, basically Ray put a bandaid on it. It's like, Oh, thank you. I love you. And they, they get out. But when they get out, more shit hits the fan. First order is here. They know that the fact that the first order is already in the sky above them, that they are not going to be able to get out on the Falcon and sure enough, guess who takes the Falcon? The first fucking order. That's going to be rough to see. Yeah. The first order is going to take the Falcon, load it on a Star Destroyer. But you know the good guys eventually will probably get it oh, back. Oh, dude, I just got a tingle. I just got a tingle here because uh-huh. yeah. further on in the, you know, you read through the other spoilers. They got, there comes to a point where first order's got the Falcon. Something else happens, and we may be able to see a certain character piloting the Falcon that we never really expected that we would want to see them piloting it. Huh. Like, I don't know. It's just like, you know, I, I, I don't know if you want me to say it now because this is a lead cast anyway, or if you want me to just tell you. Well, I we, mean, we I, 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 I know we're going to say different people here, but just based on the trailer, I mean, Lando's clearly flying the Falcon at some point. Yeah. And considering what we've just read, if this is all true... Lando may be in the rescue operation to get the Falcon. He could be. He could be. But I was talking about. So I was talking about Ben Solo. Ah, not Kylo Ren. Ben Solo. Yes. Which and would- yeah, because I, I did read some of the other spots. I mean, essentially, not to get ahead of ourselves. Who cares? I mean, we're, you guys know we're in spoilers, anyways. But at, at one point in time, Ray and Kylo have a fucking epic battle on the Death Star wreckage, right, Nick? Is it, yes. Am I getting it right? Yeah. Uh, so epic that she fucks him up. Yeah. Like, she like, assumes that she killed him. Like, she fucks him up so bad that she Luke's herself. Yeah. She's like, fuck, I'm doing, I'm doing exactly what Master Luke was doing. I'm, I, I can't control the darkness in me. I'm going crazy. Literally goes to Acto. Like, that's right, where but, she goes. Right, but you're you're, and I, I I'm, it's starting to come back to me now though. But essentially, does he he turns he, back to the light? He kind of has a, a change of heart because he gets a visit from somebody. Yes, yes. And so you're thinking maybe he goes back to the first order, and that's when he's like, "Fuck it, I'm I'm Jack and the Falcon. Let's do this." Yeah, and we see the rightful owner of the Falcon, the true lineage of the Falcon. Well, yeah, I mean, if you want to get flying it out. <laughs> Get back to, like, the medieval times, it would definitely pass to Ben first. Yeah. And, I mean, that would be fucking incredible. Like, <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, it would be a great fan moment. I just, I feel like 
I mean, we know Lando's going to be on the damn Falcon. And yeah. if he's really going to be like, oh, I don't want to travel with you, at some point in time, something's going to happen where he is on the Falcon. So, I, I don't know. Who knows? But, yeah, that, that would be that'd be pretty damn epic to see that. But, anyways, so, like, First Order's there. Shit's hit the fan. Falcon's been confiscated. And, and here we go. I mean, here we go. So, Ray knows that Kylo is coming. So, she's like, listen, people. You guys save yourselves. I'm gonna deal with this asshole. Kind of like a, a, a distraction. Yeah. Uh, Chewie at the same time is like, listen, I'll I'll do I'll distract too. But Chewie gets fucking captured yeah. by the Knights of Ren, and they take the dagger because Chewie was the one kind of protecting the dagger. Um, so they board a First Order prisoner transport. Uh, Ray and Kylo both notice that Baca has been captured. And this is where Ray's like, fuck. You know, she's fighting Kylo, and now she's like, shit, I, I can't let Chewie be captured. And she starts using the Force. Kylo's using the Force. They're kind of doing the lightsaber tug of war at the end of TLJ. Yeah. And Ray is getting frustrated, and what does she do? She Ooh. shoots fucking lightning out of her hands and blows up the Transformers. Yeah, I mean, this is as this is something that we've never seen from a a light side quote unquote force user before is force lightning just rocket out of their hands. Like it's in every force user's capabilities to do yeah. it. It's just, will you tap into those emotions to let it come out? And it sounds like, and again, this is going back. This is the first payoff on the early training scene with Leia, right? Yeah. Ray can't fucking calm herself mentally. She's yeah. getting frustrated. When you're frustrated, what happens? You start to slip. You start to let the dark side in. Same thing Luke did at the end of return of the Jedi. When he, it's what he used to beat his dad. And, and, the battle we talked about in the Death Star, we, we also read that she taps in even more to the dark side, and that's why she thinks she kills Kylo. But essentially, I, I mean, are you reading this as she's blown up the transport that Chewie was on? Um, being taken captive and being brought to a tran to a transport ship during right. their confrontation. And, and she's trying to force pull it back to the ground. He's fighting her over it, and then she fucking zaps it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't think this—that's the death of Chewie. I'm Killing sure Chewie all will its see. passengers is what it calls out. I mean, right? But you—you you yeah. also think if this guy is legit, he would be like, "Fuck, Chewbacca's dead." So yeah, he didn't even specifically call out like, "Hey, this kills Chewie." Um, I mean, that would, in my opinion, that would be a shit-ass way to kill Chewie because it's an off-screen death. Like he's the, not even physically. Exactly. I mean, it, it would be horrible for the character, but it would be very impactful on Ray. Yeah. Right? I mean, exactly. the fact that she essentially murdered one of her homeboys because she can't control herself still, or yeah. she can't control her anger. Period. Yeah. She just like the force. She has the force in her, but she has no way to control it because she refuses to do the mental training that Leia wants her to do. And she's just never really like we we think of Ray as a light side force user, but she's not. She's just like this neutral force presence. Like she's never had formal training one way or the other. Like she has good intentions in a lot of what she does, but she doesn't really have the ability to channel the force in any sort of good or bad way. Like, you know, she's just this this vessel for force power and it it the force power expresses itself in whatever her emotions are at the time yeah so i mean obviously that act 
really bums her out. I mean, she's laying there devastated. Luckily, Finn, Poe, 3PO, and BB-8 get Ochi's ship. They get it flying. They come pick up Rey. And then, essentially, the good guys with no Lando, no Falcon, no Dagger, no Chewie, limp away from Pasana, probably headed to Kajimi. Yeah. And that's where this Act 1 summary ends. And, you know, Pax has said he's going to be doing the same thing for 2 and 3. Now, I'll tell you what right now, my friends. I absolutely enjoyed talking about this with Nick. I don't know if the enjoyment is enough (laughs) to blow the whole movie for ourselves. I know. It's like Act 1 is like I feel okay with Act 1 because it does it like it gives up obviously some of the plot points that are in the movie like some Right, big- but I mean a lot of it is is obvious type of stuff. I mean we know Lando's going to be in there. I, I think the the biggest thing that bummed me out that I found out was the opening flashback. Yeah, exactly. Like that was the thing that nobody knew about. Nobody could have guessed. Nobody saw right. it coming. Like Right. You know, everything else all kind of makes sense in in I like the flow of this first act. I mean, it, it does make sense to me. Like I said, that's why we are buying into a Reddit leak. I typically don't. But the fact that it's been corroborated by MSW and it is it's well thought out. I mean, this, this literally sounds like a dude was talking to a dude. Yeah. That knew a dude. You know what I mean? So. I don't know, dude. I, I, I So many dudes in here all of a sudden. Dude! Dude fest. Here we yeah, are. Nick and I, we're going to have to meditate on the next one. I mean, Paxis has promised it. I don't know if he's going to do one a week. I don't know if we're going to get Act 2 next week and Act 3 the week after that. Uh, I mean, at this point, Nick and I have skimmed his whole summary, so we did see certain points, but it really just all goes back to... Any movie, the big stuff is coming in the middle and the end. And it's like, how much do I really want to know? I mean, if it was a general plot summary, I might, I could get into that, but. This is pretty specific. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fucking nuanced, man. It's like, ah, I really don't know what to do. But, I mean, did you have fun? Did the people have fun? I I don't know. I mean, hopefully we'll get some feedback. I know we like doing this type of stuff. Yeah, I I like spitballing with you kind of coming up with our own ideas based on what people are saying or just saying if, it, if it's good or if it sucks, but I don't yeah. know. I, I just don't know. I mean, you know, if we, you know, like Matt said, we're going to talk about it. If anything, if we decide not to do, you know, the full act two and three breakdowns as we see them come out from Paxis, what we may do is just touch on some of the, the high level points yeah, that exactly. Pax has put out. There you go. Previously, some so. of the highs, maybe some of the lows, some of the stuff we highly question, some of the stuff we wouldn't want to see or do hope happens. I don't know. But as I said in the opening, we're mega fans, just like most of you. I'm mean, going to assume you're a mega fan if you listen to a Star Wars podcast on the reg. So hopefully you feel us. I mean, it, it is. We're, we're, we're still little kids at heart when it comes to Star Wars. We still want to be wowed. We want to be blown away. We want to cry. We want to laugh. We want to get angry. And sometimes when you already have preconceived notions of what's going to play out, it can temper what you see. I mean, as a critic, this is why I don't read other critic reviews before I go into reviewing something, be it a video game or a film. I don't want someone else's opinions to affect mine, and they will. We are humans. If I tell Nick, hey, Nick, this movie coming out this week kind of sucked. Nick's going to go into that movie with a feeling of this is going to kind of suck, which is either going to make it suck for him, or he's going to come out of it and go, go, dude, you're an idiot. It was awesome. Yeah. So yeah. 
everything colors opinions, no matter how much you try oh, not yeah. to do it. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, the fact that we even have a general possible outline of the first act could and probably will impact our initial screening of this content in The Rise of Skywalker. But you know what, my friends? We did it for you. Yes. We fell on the spoiler sword for you. You should appreciate us. You should worship us. Maybe you don't have to do that, but you know how it is. We listened to the fans. You came to us. We debated. We fought. We stabbed each other a few times. And then, like I said, we pulled up a big glass of bleach, drank it, and read some Reddit Star Wars leaks. So hopefully you enjoyed our breakdown of the first act from the Jedi Paxis leak summary of The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Nick will have it linked in the post where the cast is going to live. So if you want to go read it in full for yourself, go for it. I would suggest you might as well because if you're listening to this and you're taking my directives, you already heard all this shit anyway. So you might as well go read it for yourself, right? It can't hurt. Can't hurt much more. But my advice, if you got through this and you're feeling real dirty right now, you don't like yourself, you feel like you did something wrong, just stop seeking out leaks then your body and your mind is telling you that you're someone that does not like leaks yeah so all right it's an interesting time if you would it is weird nick because if you would have talked to prequels era matt he wanted everything he'd get his hands on but as i explained in episode 67 that's also why i think i hate the prequels so much because they did not live up to what i had built up in my own head based on things that people were leaking or just what I was thinking. I've tried to approach these movies now. Yes, I do speculations, but they're speculations. They're fun. I'm just throwing darts. I don't have a firm, this needs to happen or I'm going to be angry. In prequels, I did. I needed to see how a little boy, a sweet little boy, sweet little slave Anakin, Annie, if you will, could become murderer of thousands, planets, whole galaxies and I, I don't feel we ever got that so i think i think you understand where we're coming from so hopefully you guys enjoyed this but it's that time of the cast it's time to say goodbye and it's also the time to get your happy asses over to starwarstime.net click around a few times look at the content we're putting out there we don't just sit and talk behind the mic we do videos we do news posts we share toy photography that's just what we are we are artists supporting artists hashtag that shit but seriously, StarWarsTime.net, you can find all the subscribe links to the platforms of your choice for podcasts or YouTube. Hook it up. Once you get there, sub, like, rate, and review. That should honestly become our new motto. There's always time for Star Wars Time. That's our motto, but it should literally become sub, like, rate, review, and comment. All right, my friends. Remember, if you listen to the Star Wars Time show, the Force will be with you. Always.